Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rimple. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boltenterprises.com. Carl, today we're continuing our series on accountability. And last week we talked about structure and we talked about what structure gives us is an opportunity for relationship. And we also discussed relationship being very important to a process of accountability. So tell us a little bit about relationships. Well, okay. So our starting point with accountability is we all want to get there and we need means to help us get there. Accountability provides an opportunity to support each other. In the most common relationship where there's a boss or a supervisor and a team, we're setting up a way that we're going to help our team get there. And instead of being isolated, and again, our little nightmare scenario from last week, everybody just working as hard as they can all of the time, all the stuff going, and then when you don't get there, blame and recriminations fly everywhere, you've got somebody that you're going to experience on your side. Well, and we often talk about how relationships in the workplace are hard for people because they're often kind of muddied by the personal side and not about the work. And so we really don't want to be there with each other. Right. This kind of gives us this perfect opportunity, this structure, you know, this accountability builds a relationship based on the work. So it's not about, you know, you didn't get your work done because you're a lousy, lazy employee, or you're a horrible boss who micromanages me. Exactly. Uh, You know, everything. It's about, hey, this is the goal that we all decided and agreed upon to reach. And for some reason, it's not being reached. And so we, have the opportunity for that to be the topic of the conversation. Exactly. So questions can be asked in the context of relationship and support so that if you need additional resources, they can be gotten again in motion in real time while there's still time to do something about it instead of after the fact. If you are actually struggling with something and don't know how to do something instead of it being a failure, it can be an opportunity to get help from this person. There's someone who's going to check in, and so you can get the information changed early on. That's huge. And what it also does is it takes us out of that fear-based lack of trust. Well, my father had a situation a couple years ago, it must have been about three years ago, where his division in the place that he was working was closing down. And so they closed it down, but they had, because their system was upgrading for something that humans used to do to a computer... Mm. Uh, They had some information to input into a computer, and it involved just a ton of scanning of records, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. so that the computer would be set up. And my father was kind of in charge of setting, closing down, basically, and was kind of involved in this um, technical changeover. So in that situation, the supervisor approached him and said, well, what I want is 10,000, you know, let's say arbitrary number, you know, 10,000 pages scanned in one day in an eight hour period. And so that is our Mm. goal. So not knowing what the job would entail, he said, okay, that's the intended goal. Well, soon after being in the job a couple of days, he realized that was an unrealistic goal that he was not going to be able to meet. So then approached the supervisor and said, you know, I can't do this. But often what happens, and and they had a relationship where they had a goal and they were able to check in and, and have this sort of accountability. But often what happens is that then it's not the supervisor that could have gone to him and said, you're not doing the 10,000. Why not? That's what we agreed upon. And then there can be a conversation about, well, that's an unrealistic goal. Or, you know, if it's something that you feel a lot of pressure to do, it could take some, I mean, it was a really stressful situation that he couldn't get this stuff done and he knew he had to get it done. But with the conversation, with the relationship there, there was an opportunity to say, this is unrealistic for X and X and X amount of reasons. 
Excellent, excellent. And then back building, integrating our structure conversation with this, um, since the supervisor really didn't know what could be done in a day, could have set into the structure a check-in point after one hour and said, I'm going to come by an hour to see how many we do in an hour, and then we'll have some information on how long it takes. So then very early in the day, you know, they could have projected that out and had the same, drawn the same conclusion and got it a little earlier. There's a Example where a combination of building in the structure and having a relationship of support work together to get you there. And again, when we use the word support, we're not talking about the kind of mushy stuff of being nice to each other at work that a lot of leaders like to poo-poo. What we're saying is that isolation is a part of the problem. When people have to, are working alone for extended periods away from others and information and things that are changing, you know, you come back a week later, a month later, a year later, and it's like, well, what happened? Which is exactly what's going on in a lot of these banks in the big, gigantic corporate scene. Like, what happened? Yeah, We went from a, a solid housing market to it absolutely falling apart. And, Every, you know, everyone was caught off guard. You know, something was not in place. For those listeners that are just tuning in this week, we began our series on accountability, you know, kind of based on the headlines of, you know, just certain industries just using money from, specifically, we talked about the bailout in a, in a way that's not conducive to what it was, in, its intention. And so that's kind of brought out some outrage, but also the question of how do you provide accountability for you need to be in relationship with the people you're working with and we just hate that most leaders just hire other people because they don't have enough hands and legs of their own to get everything done so they just need some more hands and legs but they really don't want to partner with anybody else they don't want to work with them they don't want to talk with them they just want them to do their thing and leave them alone and many employees don't want their boss anywhere near them just stay away from me let my get stuff get done and not that there's not a place for working independently and delegating, but in there somewhere, there has to be a relationship and connection based on the work, not on you know building friendships, based on the work that you're checking in, communicating, using the structure as your vehicle, helping each other make this happen. And then it can, not because these are so nice and relationships are so nice, but because these things are taking place early in the process, all along the way of the process, so that adjustments can be made in plenty of time actually change the results at the end. So just as our, our closing practical example, how are we going to do this, Carl? What's your suggestion for doing this practically? Okay, practically, again, I want to use this thing of two things really here. One is going back to these regular check-in meetings that we're going to have. That's the structure, these regular check-in meetings. And then the, what's going to happen in them is the leader is going to create this safe place to talk about what's working and what's not working, and what people need. It's very fact-based and project-based so that if one person hears what's going on with another person, they can either jump in and help, provide um, expertise, make connections in plenty of time. That should be going on regularly and stay very work-focused. A little farther apart, this relationship can take the form of what's traditionally known as a performance review. And again, instead of making that an annual opportunity to you know, blame and keep people's wages down. Let's turn that into a partnering opportunity so that you can find out what your team's professional goals are and use your projects to help them meet them, which increases their motivation 
and again, gives you something concrete to work toward learning, doing, contributing by next year. And those are real. Those take place over time. Those can be followed up on. Those can be adjusted. But just saying vague general things, you know, just leaves it all out in space and nothing happens. As always, we like to point out that relationships are at work are primarily about the work. And I mean, it's great if we have teams that are also full of camaraderie and, you know, overall mutual respect for each other. And that's what we want to achieve through these these areas instead of it being about backbiting, micromanaging. and Another thing that many leaders um, have as a part of one of their realities is travel or going out of the office or being away from everyone for extended periods, be it meetings on the other side of town or travel across the country. And this can be a real useful trigger for them to check in and say something like, I'm going to be out of town for the next two days. Is there anything you need from me before we're apart? So you've just created an opportunity to say, oh, yes, I need this decision from you. I'm glad you told me. Or yes, two days such and such is coming up. Can I get it authorized now? And you just create that opportunity. But instead of searching for it and thinking, oh, how often do I need to go around and check in whether everyone's doing okay, you know, which could be forever and ever, you have this trigger of when you're going to be out of the office for you know, more than, let's say, half a day. You use that as a trigger to say, is there anything you need from me before I'm out of touch for a certain period of time? You know, no big task, no big burden. And you don't get that phone call, you know, halfway to your meeting, uh, not in the office. And it's like, where are you? What's going on? I can't do this, you know. Exactly. And then you have your next catch-up meeting and everything's a week behind, merely just because of circumstances that could have been, could have been headed off if there was a structure for having that relational dynamic take place. Well, I hope that, I mean, this reality of relationships and accountability is an incentive for many of our listeners to implement some sort of accountability in their everyday structures in their workplaces. And Next week, we'll be talking about how accountability can motivate. Exactly. And if it's not motivating you, I mean, if it's not turning around your image from a, a negative fear-based item to a positive, you know, we're going to make this happen based, you know, come over, drop in at the blog and leave a comment, you know, that I don't see the connection here because we really want to engage with you on that in particular, that this is what the series is about. Something's not taking place in our system and it's hurting our country and it's hurting our institutions and there's a way to make it work for us. And um, we need to tap into that because that will change how we work together and what we're able to get done. Well, join us next week as we continue our series on accountability, and we'll be talking about motivation for keeping the learning curve up. And if you have any comments in between or questions, join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.